Hi, I'm Homer Hargrove and I'm the pastor of Grave Top Church. I hope that today's message inspires you and that connecting with our church family today truly makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Um, so anyway, so um, like I said, she gave me this assignment and 
at first, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so I was driving my car one day, and I'm not even taking it seriously. And I was just like, okay, God, I was like, give me a word for the year. What's this word that, that you want to give me? And so I heard the word restoration. And I was like, okay, I was like, restoration. And um, I feel like as we all do when we hear a word from God, we want to get confirmation, right? And sometimes we want to get like a thousand confirmations. And so I was like, okay, God, like, this is from you. If it's not just my own thoughts, I was like, I'm giving you the confirmation. And so literally like two seconds later, the song came on, and it's called New Line by Hillsong. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. But it's the first time I had heard it, and it literally went right in line with what God is talking about restoration. Because it was talking about the crushing and the pressing and just like the new wine that really comes out of that new beginnings essentially. And so um, after that, I was just about to be home. So I got home, I opened my Bible and typically like when you read your Bible, when you're in a certain story in the Bible, like your little bookmark is like exactly where you left it. And so for some reason, obviously with God, when I opened my Bible, it wasn't in the same spot that I had left it at. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to start reading here. And it happened to be, which I'm going to share this verse a little later, but it happened to be the verse that speaks about, it says, you can't put old wine into new wineskins. And I was like, okay, confirmation number two in like the last 15 minutes. Okay, I hear you, God. And I kid you not, like over the course of that day and the next couple of days, like God just kept giving me confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. To the point where I was just like, okay, God, I don't need any more confirmation. Like I get it, it's restoration. And so um, when I finally, you know, had this confirmation of the word that the Lord had given me about restoration, I was actually really excited, and um, I was really excited about the word restoration because if you've been in my world at all, or if you are a friend of mine, you know the past like four years probably has been a little, little crazy. Um, it's been a lot of pruning, a lot of um, you know letting go of attachments, and um, just a lot of new beginnings, I guess you could say. And I feel like you know a lot of us have kind of go, gone through a lot of that, especially you know throughout the past few years. And so I was just really excited, and I was like, okay, God, like. We're gonna do this. It's gonna be you know new beginnings. Like you're gonna restore what has been lost. I'm gonna you know my business is gonna thrive. Maybe you're gonna bring my godly husband because you know I've been waiting and preparing. You know, and um, I mean I'm content. You know, like as a woman, like you know after you do the preparation, you're just you know you're ready for that next step. It's all thing. Um, but anyway, so when it comes to restoration, when it comes to new beginnings, what we don't remember sometimes is that when it when it comes to these things, it's not always how we pick. Right, God gave me this word of restoration as I went through this whole year, and definitely was not how I thought it would be. I've had tons of growth. God has showed up in just mighty ways, but it wasn't how I pictured it, right? And so um, just to give like another example of that, years ago when I stopped binge drinking and numbing with alcohol, um, that was a new beginning, right? It was a new beginning. When I decided to leave a 10, 11-year relationship with somebody who I thought I would marry, that was a new beginning. And those were new beginnings that had to happen, but they hurt, they sucked, they were tough, right? There was a lot of um, surrendering to the Lord and really just, again, like giving up those attachments. Um, and so I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you guys have gone through something like that throughout this past year or the past few years. Maybe it's been um, losing a job. Maybe you've been going through the pruning process. Or maybe it's similar to my story where you had to let go of attachments, relationships, things like that. And so either way, um, maybe you can just, they are picture perfect, right? And so today I wanted to go into the story of Hannah, um, and I wanted to share three points that the Lord really put on my heart um, that we can all just really learn from Hannah and just lean into today. And so if you aren't familiar with the story of Hannah, um, Hannah was actually a woman that she couldn't have children for a long while, and she really struggled with it, and um, her husband didn't understand her. Um, her husband actually had 
had another wife too, and this wife, her, this woman's name was Penina, and she actually would just like taunt Hannah and make fun of her because she couldn't have children. And so that's what we're going to go into today, just three different points, like I said. And so if you guys want to go ahead and open up your Bible or your Bible app, and we're going to start in, uh, we're going to start in 1 Samuel, and we're going to go through, yeah, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, we're going to start at verse 3 and go through um, 18. So it's going to kind of be a lot of scripture at first, but just so I can get you guys a picture of what the story looks like. So yeah, 1 Samuel 3 through 18. You guys got it? Okay. Sorry, I'm making sure my notes don't Okay. Okay, so 1 Samuel, verse 3 through 18. And it says, Each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Penea. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion, because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that, the, isn't that better than having ten sons? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been dreaming. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. But I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God, may the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. So the first point that I want to talk about today that Hannah did is Hannah surrendered. Hannah surrendered. So Hannah was so discouraged and distraught, she basically hit her breaking point, right? And understandably so, right? She was struggling with having kids. She has this second wife just being super rude to her, and then her husband doesn't even understand her, right? And so whether it's going through something like she like she did with not being able to have children, I know we've all hit that point in our lives where we've had a moment like that, that breaking moment, right? And so and we can even try to put on this facade that everything's okay. We can try to hold it together. And we can try to, quote-unquote, stay in control, right? When what we actually need to do is let go of control. So 
quite literally let go and let God, right? Which is something that we kind of hear a lot, especially in the Christian world. Let go and let God. But we really do. We need to surrender. And the surrender isn't just like when we have this breaking point. The surrender is on a daily basis, right? Being, you know, walking with Christ. And so I don't know about you guys, but especially at the beginning of my walk with Christ, I would always hear just, you just need to surrender to God. Um, and being me, I would be like, okay, like that's cool. I want to surrender to God. I want to follow the Lord. But like how? Like give me the how. Give me something tangible that I can do. Right? And the truth is that the how is simple. So all we need to do is exactly what Hannah did and lay everything at Jesus' feet. We come to him humbly and give it all to him. We release all control. This also means not leaning on our own understanding. Right? Not leaning on our own understanding. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I feel like, again, this is like another verse that we hear a lot of the time. But if we, like, if you really think about it, like, that's kind of like where the rubber meets the road type of deal, right? To really trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. That's like a surrender in itself, right? Basically putting away our logic, putting away what, you know, we think is right and really truly just trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, that he knows best and that he is leading. Surrender also means laying down the idols in our lives. Maybe that's the alcohol. Maybe that's a toxic relationship. Maybe it's just TV for some of us. Maybe it's a sexual sin behind closed doors or even idolizing the idea of marriage. Especially for us singles, like sometimes we can start to idolize the marriage, right? <laughs> At least the thought of being married. It means allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you to remove any residue that may be left behind from your past. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this year, um, maybe you have these moments where I just feel like the Lord has really been removing these residue, right? Especially for those of you that have been going through the pruning process, you've been walking with God for a while, and maybe some things came up this year, some different triggers where you were just like, God, oh, I thought we were done with this. I thought we already worked through this, right? And it's because God has been removing the residue. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to remove that residue. Surrender means coming before the Lord humbly and laying everything at his feet. And in verse 10, it says, like we just read, it says, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Right? That was a form of surrender. She came to God with all of her emotions. She's just letting it all out and just laying everything at Jesus' feet. Surrender means allowing the crushing and the pressing that's required to make new wine. And so if any of you guys are taking notes, maybe you just kind of want to pull this in the back of your brain, but... Um, a question to maybe ask yourself today, as we go into this new year especially, is to ask yourself, what do you need to surrender today? What idols or attachments has God been calling you to let go of that maybe you've been hesitant with? And it doesn't have to be something, you know, like alcohol or, you know, I feel like sometimes we may think of like these big things that we have to let go, but sometimes it's a small thing. Sometimes it's even just taking a break from our phones, right? But what idols or attachment has God been calling you to let go of? That's going to lead me to point number two, um, which is Hannah had belief in God's promise. Okay, so we talked about how Hannah surrendered, and now we're talking about how Hannah had belief in God's promise. So those of you that know me, you know that I'm a life coach as well. And so being a life coach for over, you know, the past few years and going through my own journey with things, what I've noticed is how powerful God has made our bodies and specifically our minds. And one of the first areas that we will always look at whenever I, you know, um, 
whenever I have a one-on-one -on -one client come on or you know, maybe it's just in a program that I have, we always look at their belief system to see if that is actually in line with the Word of God. Right? We always look at to see what is actually contrary to what the Word of God says. Because our belief system is what drives our actions. And when our thoughts are aligned with God's word, so are, so are our actions and how we respond to things in life. Right? So if you have all this faith in God, then your actions are going to show that. Right? And if you don't, the opposite is going to show as well. So if our belief system is set up to have more faith in what the enemy can do, then our actions in our life will reflect that. Hannah's actions reflected her beliefs. And we see that when she was discouraged, so much so that it made her physically sick that she couldn't eat. Right? So she was discouraged. She was probably losing hope. Probably even feeling like less of a woman, right? Because, I mean, as women, like, you know, we want to have kids, right? And so I can only imagine her feeling less of a woman, discouraged, just losing hope. To the point where she was so stressed out, where it made, where it made her sick, where she couldn't even eat. Every year when she would go to these feasts, this would happen to her. And so, in a sense, it really shows, like, where her belief was. But when she went to God and humbled herself, she was reminded of God's promise. So much so, where she just didn't care, right? She just looked hysterical. She was, like, laying everything at Jesus' feet. So much so, where Eli was like, dude, like, are you drunk? We need to get off the wine, right? Just chill out. Um, but she was just, you know, having a moment with God and truly, like, in that surrender moment. I can imagine her being in a state of just wanting to give up. And what I think is so cool is that after she did this, after she had this surrender moment, after she poured herself out to the Lord, after she worshipped God, her attitude changed. Her attitude changed because her belief was restored. And that's how fast God can restore in your hope. In that moment of worship, in that moment of surrender. And God's plan for Hannah involved, yes, postponing her from having children, but after the wait, God's promise did come to pass. And so I want to read verse, um, let's see, I want to read 1 Samuel, just one verse, 19 through 20. And it says, The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. Okay, and if you read further in the story, obviously, we'll hear God gave her the promise of a son. But then he even blessed her with more children as you continue to read through 1 Samuel. So, again, another question to ask yourself is, are you willing to wait for the promise, or are you trying to go ahead of God's plan? Right, like I shared at the beginning, I'm the first one to be like, okay, God, like this is my plan, I'm going to do this. But maybe this year, in 2023, maybe we need to let go of some plans. Maybe we need to, yes, set some intentions, but also leave more room for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. So are you willing to wait for the promise, or are you trying to go ahead of God's plan? So the third point that I have today, so we talked about Hannah surrendering, we talked about how Hannah had belief in God's promise. And so now we're going to talk about how Hannah had crazy faith. Hannah had crazy faith. And so we're going to read a little bit more in 1 Samuel, verse 24 through 28. And it says, When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. 
They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket, a flower and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy Eli. Sir, do you remember me, Hannah asked? I am the very woman who stood there, or stood here several years ago, praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life, and they worship the Lord there. So I love this because Hannah was so faithful, and it, like it said, like the boy, I think he was three years old. Yeah, he was three years old, and so Hannah kept her promise to the Lord. Right, Hannah was faithful, and even going through everything that she went through, despite her pain, she showed up to the Lord's feast every year. Again, every year they have these feasts, knowing that Peninnah was just going to be Peninnah, right? Being really rude and just ugly to her, knowing that, their, that her husband wasn't going to understand. And um, but she still showed up every single year to these feasts. And this reminds me of how so often, just as human beings, too, we can let our emotions affect what is actually going to grow our faith and trust in God. Right? I don't know how many times like in the past where I would be having a bad day and it would just ruin my day. Or maybe I wouldn't show up to church that day because, you know, X, Y, Z was happening in my life. And I'd be like, well, no, like, this is just not a good day. And so, so often as human beings, we let our emotions affect what is actually going to grow our faith and trust in God. And Hannah shows here that she was faithful. And she showed up despite the pain that she knew that was actually going to be coming. She didn't let her pain interfere with her participation in worship. She didn't care how she looked, right? When it came down to it, she didn't care how she looked or what people thought. She worshiped anyway. Right? So even when we worship here at church, I know sometimes we can feel, you know, um, kind of shy. Maybe sometimes we want to sing, but we just kind of like sit there and sway. Right? But Hannah, she didn't care. Once she got to that breaking point, she didn't care. And so we're going to go into worship, obviously, a little later. But I want you guys to keep that in mind as we go into worship. To just be like Hannah and just lay everything at Jesus' feet. Sing to the Lord, worship the Lord, and pretend like nobody is even here. She also didn't seek revenge or try to manipulate the situation. Right? Hannah had every reason to be ugly to Peninnah because of how she was treated. But she chose to do things God's way and seek him instead. I feel like that's such a word for maybe somebody today because I know the Lord has been working through this season on vindicating. And I just feel the Holy Spirit saying that he is bringing vindication. I don't know who that's for, but I just feel the Holy Spirit saying that. He is bringing, bringing vindication to your situation. So to stay strong and keep moving forward and listen to what the Lord is saying. In 2 Corinthians 5.14 it says, If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. So in this verse, Paul is talking about how when we give our lives to Christ, we are made into a new creation. Right? He's speaking of new beginnings and stepping into a whole new life. So whatever your new beginning is today, maybe it's giving your life to Christ for the first time, or maybe it's getting through the refinement of your character that God is really taking you through right now. But be reminded that it is necessary. These new beginnings and process that it takes to get there is a gift from God. And he loves you. He loves me so much. He loves us enough to take us through it. And it's up to us to actually receive that gift willingly. 
So I want to end with this, and I know we talked about it a lot today, but I want to really instill in you guys today that the new beginnings you are waiting for are already here. The crushing and the pressing that you've been going through, that you've been feeling, is so the new wine could be made. Your oil is expensive. The anointing is expensive. But it is what will expand you. So on that note, if everybody could just close their eyes and bow their heads. Bow your heads. And I just want to encourage you today to know that God is doing a new thing. In Mark 2.22, it says, And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. The old has passed away, and the new is here. As you are sitting here, just with your eyes closed, I want you to just have a moment with God. And I want you to envision that you are sitting next to Jesus. And go somewhere with Jesus. Where is a peaceful spot that you can think of? Maybe it's a beach. Maybe it's in nature. But just sit with Jesus. And picture him just comforting you in this moment. And now I want to ask you to ask him to give you a vision of what this new beginning looks like for you. Ask him what old wineskins need to be given to him and thrown out so you can step into this new season truly free and ready to steward what's ahead. Not kind of free, but truly walking in the freedom of Christ. talking to God, I just want to pray for you guys, and then we're going to go ahead and open up for worship. So God, I just thank you for this message, God. I thank you for all that you're doing within everybody here, God. I pray just as we step into worship, God, that you just encourage people just to lay everything at your feet, God, and not worry about what they um, are going to do next, not worry about um, what they look like, God, but just to worship you wholeheartedly, God. And I pray that you give them visions. I pray that you anoint them. I pray that you just um, just enhance their gifting, God. I pray for clarity. I pray for provision. And just a vision for their life, God, as we step into this new season. And I just thank you for everybody here, God. And all these things I pray. Amen. Alright. So, with that same heart posture, we're going to go ahead and open up for worship. And Hey, I hope that you enjoyed today's message. If you did, there's several different ways to connect. First is by subscribing to our show, leaving a review or a comment. Second is by going to gravetopchurch.com and clicking the Get Connected tab so that we can connect with you as an individual. And third is if this ministry has made an impact in your life and you want to help us to continue to reach others, then you can give online by clicking the Give tab. Until next time, thank you for being a part of Gravetop Church.